I'm going to be speaking to you the next about 20 minutes on this. Here's your title. All out to be all in. All out to be all in. Hebrews 12.1 says a scripture we all know, but if we'll take time to really, don't just read the word, read the word. Yeah. And I don't want you to just read, read the word. Every time you read the word, you ought to let the word read you. That will always show us where we are. That's the reason God gave us the word, to show us what we can be, and show us where we are, and sometimes show us where we came from. So we need to really focus in on reading the word with the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't ever read the word without asking the Holy Spirit, the teacher, to help you. But also leave yourself open so the word can read us. Because that's what David said, look in my heart, Lord, see if there be any in The word will do that. It will show you where your heart's at, where your attitude's at, all of that. But therefore seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay or set aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset or ensnare us. And let us run, not walk, not crawl, not set, run with endurance the race that is set in front or before each and every one of us. Now one of the words I want to go ahead and pick, I'm going to pick out all of these words, but first one we want to look at is Witness. A great cloud of witnesses. Now exactly who is it talking about when, if you go back up in Romans chapter 11, it'll show you all the great people of faith, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and all of these that ran their race and finished their course, who did what God asked them to do. Maybe not to the absolute best of their ability, but enough to be put in the hall of faith. Amen. All of those that we read about in the Bible. And then, then we come to the patriarchs. We come to the apostles. We're, to, we're talking about witnesses. Who then, who then themselves can't look down on us from heaven because only God can do that. But their presence is a testimony to us. Yes. And even though they have been removed spiritually, they're still in the realm with us. Because we're still in the eternity together. So they surround us still. And often we look in the Bible and we think about all of those people. But do we realize these people as witnesses? Billy Sunday, A.W. Tozer, Peter Marshall, Charles Spurgeon, Jonathan Edwards, John Knox, Martin Luther. Watchman Nee, John Wesley, Corey Tan Boone, Kenneth Hagan, William J. Seymour, Lester Summerall, Amy Pearson, Amy Simple McPherson, John G. Lake, Catherine Coleman, Smith Wigglesworth, Billy Graham, and Reinhard Bonke. And these are just a few of the generals whose testimonies surround us. As we carry on the work of the Lord, we are not alone. We've got the presence of an all-powerful God, an ever-present spirit, a loving Savior, a true word. We've got all of that and a great cloud of witnesses. Anyone who's been faithful, anyone who's crossed over 
into his glory and his presence is one of those witnesses. Not a few, not a thousand, not a million, but billions upon billions are standing with us. Amen. Their testimony upholds us to do the work we've been called to do. Now, compass, you know this, means completely, not partially, completely surrounded in the spirit realm. There's no opening if you're walking in the spirit. It's when we get outside the spirit we have trouble. But to completely be surrounded with the testimony of those who've gone on before us. So great a cloud. And notice it didn't just say cloud. It said so great a cloud. There's an emphasis there. It doesn't speak of the quantity. It speaks of the quality of that witness. You're talking about the best of the best. The so great of the cloud emphasizes, just like John 3.16, God so loved the world, the so emphasizes the love. And Mark, excuse me, Matthew 5.16, the so emphasizes the light. Let your light so shine. That's the quality of your light. It's not a little candle. It's a total floodlight. It's as much as you can get out of it. It's full potential. Now, I love this. The cloud, we always... I've never really thought about, I've, don't just read your Bible, read your Bible. The cloud of witnesses. Have you ever really thought about what does the cloud really mean? Why, why did it just say the witnesses? It's a cloud of witnesses. The cloud speaks of an unlimited height. No matter how high you go, you're completely surrounded and it never caps out. If you've ever been to a stadium to a game and you're sitting in the top row, they call that the cloud seats or the sky level. You can't go no higher, but it's a whole lot higher than you are at the bottom of the stadium. And yet those witnesses extend right on into eternity, surrounding us. No limit in the testimony. You will always find in the word Somebody who's been through what you're going through. Their testimony will give you the power to keep pressing on. The weight means anything that can hinder us. Ensnares means to be caught or entrapped by anything. But this was good. Run the race. Run, run, run. Run means to move at a speed faster than a walk. <coughs> Moving at a speed faster than a walk. Now this is where the remnant comes in. It also means never having both feet on the ground at the same time. Galatians 5.16 says this, Walk, which means live in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now we just said, he said run, don't walk. But this is walk. In the spirit, which means live in the spirit. Therefore, if that is true, and it is, if walk means here to live, then run means to live in the spirit beyond the normal. But to the fullest. See, there's a lot of people living normally in the spirit, but they're not taking it to the max. There's a lot of folks living in the spirit, but they're not running in the spirit. How many would say time's running out? We better get running. Big difference there. It's not just life. You've got life in the spirit. But this says go beyond just the norm 
and dare to go to the fullest. Dare to give it all. Everything. No holding back anything. Endurance means no matter how difficult, quitting is not an option. I'm amazed at how little it takes for some people to quit. But then again, I'm amazed at what some folks can go through. Amen. And never give up. <laughs> Woo. The race is simply your calling, your purpose, your plan, and your destiny. The end of one of those. That's the race that you're running. It's your calling. It's your purpose. It's your plan of God for your life. It's your destiny. It's what you were born for. I believe every one of us is born for this time. We could have been born at any time. We were born for now. And when it says he's set before us, that means it's marked out, made clear, and plain. When I hear people say, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, then you need to get right with God. Because kind of like Mom said, I don't think you really want to know what you're supposed to be doing. Because God's not going to make it complicated. Your calling is sure. Your purpose is plain. Your destiny is set before you. And number one, all we got to do is walk with Him and not worry about that anyway. And He'll lead us where we're supposed to go. But see, we want to know ahead of time. In case if we want to change our mind. We're like a bunch of teenagers. When I first become a youth director, I had teenagers. We'd plan a trip and say, now can you go? Well, I'm not sure. Can I let you know Friday? And we're leaving Saturday. You know why they said that? In case if they thought something better came up. There's some people, for whatever reasons, you think something you might have to do is going to be more important than what God's called you to do. That sounds harsh, but tell me it ain't true. We actually think sometimes our plans are more important than His. So what does it take to run the race God has set before us? Jesus gave us a glimpse at this in Luke 18.22 with the rich young ruler. Just a glimpse. Who fully lived under the law, mind you. Jesus said unto him, oh, look at this. You still lack one thing. When it comes to selling out God completely, one thing is one thing too many. One thing. Somebody listening today, there may be one thing that's keeping you from fully fulfilling your utmost potential in what God's called you to do. One thing. Jesus said, you lack one thing. Sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. You know what he was saying? You're going to go from what can be bought to what can't be bought. From what money can buy for what money can buy. Amen. I don't know about you, I want what money can buy. Yeah. I've had enough of what money can buy. But then he goes on and says, and when you get through with that, there's people who would even do that. But they don't want to do that next part. Then come, follow me. Uh -huh. now, can I say it this way? Here was a man. Now come on, now, don't pick on my man. I'm his lawyer. He was walking to walk and talking to talk. He was living by the law. He was given to the temple. He was going through all the rituals. He was an ace number one church goer. 
He would have put most people to shame. But Jesus went right into his heart and said, man, you got it all together, but you lack one thing. Go sell all you've got. Why? Because he put his faith in his riches. He didn't know Jesus, and now was the time of decision. Are you going to trust the Messiah, or are you going to keep trusting your riches? And sadly, he chose his riches. He might would have done that if Jesus hadn't said the last thing. Because he would say, well, I can do that. I've done all this other. I can do that. But come follow me. Oh, my. But then Jesus, in case if money's not your issue, Jesus just summed it up for us in Matthew 19, 29. And everyone that has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold in this life and shall inherit eternal life. Now he's done gone from that to everything. He tells him one thing you lack, but just in case if you don't understand, here's what you really need to be able to give up if you need to. Everything. Somebody say everything. everything. I don't think I heard you. Everything. everything. One more time. Everything. Not some, not most, but all and everything. Oh my. Not just a sin or the things that hinder. You're the remnant. Most of you aren't controlled by sin on any level. You've got that down pat. You're not controlled by it. You're walking the walk. You're talking the talk. <laughs> but even those things that are dear to us cannot take priority over God's call on us. I've known many who were not held back by sin at all. They were living a holy life and pure life. They, they had that down pat. Through the power of the Spirit, they'd overcome sin. They were living that life, but the call on their life had been hindered by family. I can't tell you over the years, the people that I've heard say, well, if my spouse was with me, I could really serve the Lord. You forgot what David said, though none go with me, still I will. And you know, I don't want to be ugly, but after a while, buttercup, horsefly, whatever you want to be called, that becomes a crutch that we use. Well, if, number one, ain't no ifs in it, ain't no ends, and ain't no buts, you're going to follow him or you're not. You're going to fulfill your full potential or you're not. We, we, we don't get to choose 75% or 90% or even 99%. He said, I gave it all, I expect all. That's what truly separates the church from the world. When you're willing to give it all. When you're willing to pay whatever price it takes to serve him and please him with every fiber of your being. That's what makes you stand out. 
Not just going to church. Not just working at the giveaway hot dog stand. But when you give it all. Holding nothing back. If you have not given up all to Jesus today, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to pray the Spirit show you. I bet you already know. I do. I knew what was holding me back when I was held back. I can promise you something. You can't hide it from the Holy Ghost. He's already told you what you're holding back. You might be denying it. You might be arguing about it, but you're not going to win. But you already have an idea. If there's anything that might be holding you back, anything that might be weighting you down, anything that's causing you not to go all the way, only you would know that. But I will tell you this, excuses will not work with the God who gave up everything for us. Won't work. Now, how many would say this, this old world we're living in is like a storm? Yeah, there's a storm going on around us. But regardless, we got a destiny to fulfill. I don't care how big the storm gets. I don't care what happens in Washington. I don't care what happens on the other side of it. We have got a destiny to fulfill. And the storm has nothing to do with us but urgency. To get on with the program. To get everything now. Now what you did before you got here, we're talking about what you're going to do when you leave here. What are you going to do now? Now. Are you all in? Because if you're going to be all in, something might have to get out. God is death in each one of us who are His by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to go where and when He sends us. Without excuse. Look at what the first disciples gave up. They left their families. They left everything. Oh, Jesus didn't walk up and hey, follow me. He didn't say, let's talk about this. Matter of fact, one guy said, well, I need to go home and bury my He said, let the dead bury the dead. You come follow me. You know what that man actually meant? Well, my daddy ain't died yet, but I'm going to wait till he dies and then I'll, uh-huh. then I'll join you. Yep. Oh, Lord, just let me. I can't tell you the people I've heard say, well, you know, I, I really want to go to heaven, but I want to see my grandkids grow up first. If I've got an option for me and my grandkids to go to heaven, out of here. This is, we hear mind-boggling. They come up with on why they don't at all. You know, when you look at the life of Miss Benji, you don't want to be praised. She's not going to be. We all know the glory goes to God. But if I ever found anybody who gave it all, she gave it all. And you better believe it caused something. That's the reason we all admire her. Really, that's why we're here. Because we're able to learn from somebody who's paid the price, who's given all. And yet when you talk to her sometimes... She feels like she still misses it. And I look, I say, I don't see it. Well, you're willing to give it all. Now, I'm going to give you a story right quick. Like the Apostle Paul in Acts 27, we have a wrong destiny to get to. 
Every one of us. We've got a destiny in front of us. And no matter what the enemy says, we're going to get there. No matter what he tries to do, we're going to get there. Dwight L. Moody was coming to America to do a crusade. And on the way, the ship got into a terrible storm. And it got so bad that the captain called, called him up to the front and, and told him, said, look, we need you to pray because this ship's going down. He said, I'll pray, but this ship ain't going down. Captain said, you don't understand. We got to start. We cannot control this ship anymore. He said, number one, the ship's not in your control anyway. He said, number two, God spoke to me months ago and told me I have a destiny in New York City to do a crusade and this ship going down ain't part of the plan. So do the best you can. We're going to get us a prayer group down in the main lobby, but this boat ain't going down until I fulfill at least getting to New York City. Now, if I'd have been on the way back home, it might have been different. But he knew. He knew. God didn't call you to go somewhere and preach and then the devil take the boat out under you. Ain't going to happen. Paul's in the same situation. They're, in the eager, they're eager to get back to Rome. And he said, look, if you go out of this port, you're going to wish you hadn't. It's too close to the fall. The waters are going to get turbulent. But they went anyway. Next thing you know, they're in 14 days of storm. Anybody ever been in a storm? Life can be a storm. But Paul wasn't worried at all. You know why? Because an angel had said, you're going to Rome. You're going to Rome. This ship going down ain't part of it. But you might have to make some adjustments if you're going to get there. So the next thing you know, to reach your destiny, you may have to get rid of some things. Let some stuff go. You got to do what they did on the boat to Paul's on. First thing you go, you might have to throw out the cargo. I think that word is jettison. Is, is it jettison? Man, I'm just too country for a word like that. Just so you chunked it overboard. <laughs> I had to look that up. Jettison? What is jet? They jettisoned the Hong Kong They didn't teach that at Deeds College High School where I went. Chunk it, man. Chunk it. <laughs> They chunk the cargo overboard. You get the picture. Like chunking a biscuit at the table and your mama holler at you. If it won't tie it down, horse fly, they threw it over. Well, then the ship kept right on having problems. So then they, okay, car, what's cargo? That's your security. You see, the cargo was where they were going to make their money. When times get tough, but you'll let the money go. When it comes between life and death, and to me, when it comes to fulfilling the call on your life, you'll let the money go. If you really want to fulfill the call in your life, you'll let the security go. I had a friend in the ministry. I can't tell you the time God tried to move him out of his church and move him up to bigger things. 
I can't tell you the number of times that he'd come to me and say, you know, I got this church over here that's contacted me. He was a great teacher. He said, they contacted me. They want me to come be their pastor. They've got about 3,000 people. His church runs about 300 people. I knew the gifting was in him to do it. Well, I'm going to go investigate and I'm going to go check. Then he'd come back and he'd sit right there in that little church. Nobody ever called me. I didn't know what the problem was. They say, you know, he got, well, I, I, just, I just decided from the Lord that's not for me. That's not what I thought. And he sat there and he sat there and he sat there and he's still there. And one day I said, Lord, is that the devil trying to trick him out of getting out of here? No, because sometimes you get confused. The Lord said, no, all of those were genuine opportunities, but because of his security where he is, He's not, he doesn't have the faith to step out and believe me. Plus, his wife had a job making about $60,000 a year where she was at. His kids were going to college. Security. Number two, they got rid of the furniture. That's comfort. Whatever makes you comfortable. See, sometimes we don't go all the way with God because it ain't comfortable. You got to be willing to throw the furniture overboard. Just make sure there ain't nobody sitting in it when you do. <laughs> I know some of you pastors sometimes want to throw out the furniture with the people, but can't do it. Security, comfort, they got rid of it. And then that storm kept right on blowing, kept right on blowing. They want the one thing left. The angel spoke to Paul, reassured everything. He told his guys, not one man on this ship is going to die if y'all stay together. Right. An angel of the Lord has revealed to me tonight, not one man on this ship will die. Over 200, if you'll stay together. And he said, here's what we're going to do. He says, let's all eat. We're going to get nourishment. We're going to encourage one another, edify one another, and we're going to ride this thing out. And as soon as they got through eating... It said they threw the wheat overboard. Food is satisfaction. You don't believe it? Go to Marco's, get you one of them big pepperoni, all meat pizzas, and see on it satisfy you. <laughs> food is a satisfying thing. Me and food spend time together. And some reason food likes to hang out with me and hang off of me. It's satisfying. So look at what God said. Give up your security. Give up your comfort. Give up your satisfaction. And what you can do. And what you have. And you know what's so great about this? When you give up everything for God, God will give you everything. But you've got to be willing to do it. So they, they got rid of all this. They waited through the night. The Bible said the storm finally started breaking. The next morning as it was daylight, they could see shoreline. And here's the last thing they did. Two things, really. They had completely emptied the ship. They got rid of anything that would hinder, hold down, cargo, comfort, satisfaction. They cut the ropes. Because, see, they had thrown anchors out the back to slow the boat down so it wouldn't be, because they didn't know where the shoreline was. So they were dragging anchors. See, sometimes we're anchored down in the wrong stuff. We're anchored down in things that, like family and position, 
and jobs and security and even fear and doubt and other things. We get anchored down in those things and we can't move to get on with what he's called us to do. We're dragging. Somebody sitting here today, you've been dragging. I need to cut the rope. But I love this last part. And this is, this is what gives us hope in this message. They cut the rope and is it heisted up? Is it heist? Hoist. 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 I don't use those words either. Put it out. That's all I say. They put up the sail on the front of the boat so that the wind could catch it and drag it to its destiny. Woo, Lord, have mercy. The cargo weighs us down. The wind holds the ropes hold us back. But listen to this. The ropes and the pulleys are our faith. When you see where you're headed, it's time to pull up the sails. Why? So that the wind of the Holy Ghost can get in it and take you to your destiny. The end of the Holy Ghost is waiting on you to empty the ship, to cut the ropes. I don't know what it is, if anything. I'm like Brother Lynn. I'm always examining myself. I want to make sure I ain't got cargo I don't need. I want to make sure there's not furniture that's made me too comfortable. I want to make sure there's not something satisfying me better than what I know God can satisfy me. I want to know there's no ropes of any kind, doubt, fear, or what are holding me back. But I want to make sure I got my cell up so that the Holy Ghost can push me on to my destiny. And there's another message, and that I won't preach this, and I'll just give you a glimpse. They thought they were going straight to the shore, but they hit a rock pile. Even in your destiny, there's going to be some rocky spots. But God made your promise not one man will die. It may tear your ship all to pieces. That ship represents your life. Sometimes God's got to tear it all to pieces to get you where you need to be. Hallelujah. I want to ask you today, you know, God is a giver and he'll give you everything you need and more to do what he's called you to do. I promise you he will. But are you willing today to give up? Oh, I'm not asking you to commit. I'm not asking you to recommit. I really get tired of those terms sometimes. I'm asking you to sell out completely. I'm asking you today to take a good look at your walk with the Lord and your life in the Spirit and say, am I all in? Because time is running out and we ain't got time to play. There's too many people still sitting on the sidelines doing all the right things but not fulfilling their destiny. Not giving it all. You know, God gave me an incentive to come to Georgia. And to me, she's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm glad he gave me that because when I realized what, whew, what I was leaving behind, family, children, jobs. Man, I was working at Firestone had already been promised a promotion of over $70,000 a year. My boss was returning within the year. They said, if you will take his position, 
will give you his, his salary to start you out. You don't think the devil said, man, that's good money. But I can't hear the call. Amen. Lord, I'm not going to see my family as much. He said, I'll give you family. Amen. You can come see them, but you're going to have a lot more. I'll give you over. Anything you're willing to give up for me. Anything. If you'll trust me. I know the Holy Spirit today is going to show you anything that may be holding you back in any way. I commend all of you. You are the remnant. You are walking the walk, talking the talk. But I want to challenge you to check your life. And ask yourself, have I truly given up everything? He may never ask you for it. But he wants to know you're willing to do it. That's what counts. I've had God ask, say, would you will? I, Lord, I'll go. He said, well, I don't want you. I just know if you do it. Are you willing? Because that's your true heart. If we're willing today to throw it all out then we'll be all in Amen. I love y'all Mom